welcome back to Book It, a book podcast, a podcast about books where we read books and we talk about them and we don't get any free personal pan pizzas yet. I'm your host, Sarah Hunt. And I'm Chrissy Wilson. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chrissy. Hey, you know what? I um, saw today that there's only like 13 variations of a calendar and the um, 2024 calendar matches up with the 1996 calendar, and I feel like that <gasps> was a good year. So, yeah, well, because remember yesterday we were talking about how we wish that we could time travel, yes. and maybe we can. Yeah, yay! So finally, welcome back to 1996, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We've made it. We fucking did it. None of this has been happening. It's actually 1996. Isn't that when the Atlanta Olympics were supposed to happen? That was the real like. It was high drama. It was the Atlantic Olympics. They they did happen, but I think there was a lot of drama involved with that. Definitely a lot of drama involved with it. Your Coke cans are beautiful. Um, they're nice and red. <laughs> the Spice Girls are on the horizon. Things the are Spice looking Girls, up. Okay. Things are looking great. And welcome America back to your guided. Online. We're online. <laughs> we're gonna just go to a guided meditation where we're just talking about that. This is 1996. Okay. That's it. Everyone enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. Karaoke <laughs> this week is going to be lit. Oh, yeah, because this is going to be... I've been practicing these songs for a long time. You don't know the Spice Girls concerts that I had. I was the sixth girl. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. It was Sarah Spice. That's not really a spice, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it is now. What do you mean? It is now. Okay. So, welcome back. We hope that you had great holidays. We hope that you had a happy new year. Um... And that you are, I guess, surviving? I don't know. Yeah. I hope you didn't okay. make any resolutions because they're a waste of fucking time. You were perfect. They really are. You were perfect as you existed. Yeah, you're fine. You don't fine. need to make any resolutions. Yeah, you're fine. And if your resolution is to read more books, then we are the podcast for you. That's great news. This is our coping mechanism. These are our disassociating <laughs> tactics. <laughs> this is how we disassociate from reality. For a couple and, of hours. And we would love for you to join us. Um, we hope that you enjoyed A Christmas Carol narrated by Hugh Grant and um, as told again by us. Um, we hope that you enjoyed that. And um, before that, we also covered um, Goosebumps, uh, Say Cheese and Die. And then we also covered um, Hitchhiker's, Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which um, <laughs> Britney Spears's <laughs> memoir. And did, am I missing one? I don't know. Britney Spears' no, I don't memoir think we are. was a, a three-parter. Three-part. Yeah. Which, of course, it deserved that. It was a three-parter. It needed the three parts. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, and then this week, we finally read From Hollywood with Love um, by Scott Meslow. Um, and it was the, we read the audiobook. We, we're still counting that. It's by uh, narrated by Jeremy Arthur. And the audiobook length is 10 hours and 23 minutes. And just before we started pressing record, um, Chrissy and I were discussing how this was like a good background book. Um, everything, like if you're doing chores, laundry, you know, walking the dogs, anything like that, um, you know, this is a good book for that. Yeah, you could you could break it up. It's not something you have to sit down and read all at once. It's in parts. Um you could even read the parts, the way that it's sectioned, you can either even read the parts that interest you the most yeah. um, yep. first and get around to the rest. It's very, yeah. very comparted. 
Yeah, and if somebody like um, kind of interrupts you and you need to press pause for a minute, or if you have to, you know, whatever, take a go on a meeting or something like that, like you can pick it right back up and you're right back in it. It's not, it's not too difficult. So that's, I think that's fun. Um, the Amazon description. An in-depth celebration of the romantic comedy's modern golden era in its role in our culture, tracking the genre from its heyday in the 80s and the 90s, its unfortunate decline in the 2000s, which I take umbrage with, its explosive reemergence in the age of streaming, its uh, featuring exclusive interviews with the directors, writers, and stars of the iconic films that define the genre. Uh, no Hollywood genre has been more misunderstood or more fairly underappreciated than the romantic comedy. Funny, charming, and reliably crowd-pleasing, rom-coms were the essential backbone of Hollywood landscape, launching the careers of many Hollywood, many of Hollywood's most talented actors and filmmakers, such as Julia Roberts and Matthew McConaughey, and providing many of the limited, the yet limited creative opportunities women had in Hollywood. But despite, or perhaps because of, all of that, the rom-com has been routinely overlooked by the Academy Awards, uh, or snobbishly dismissed by critics. Mm. In From Hollywood with Love, culture writer and GQ contributor Scott Meslau seeks to right this wrong, celebrating and analyzing rom-coms with the appreciative, insightful, critical lens that they've always deserved. You should listen to P.S. I Hate This Movie, Scott. Um, beginning with the golden era of the romantic comedy, spanning from the late 80s to the mid-aughts, um, the, with the breakthrough of films such as When Harry Met Sally, to the rise of the streaming and long-overdue push for diversity setting the course for films such as the groundbreaking franchise spawning Crazy Rich Asians. Meslo examines the evolution of the genre through its many iterations, from its establishment of new tropes, the Austin and Shakespeare rewrites, the many love triangles, and even the occasional brave decision to do away with the happily ever after. Featuring original black and white sketches of iconic movie scenes, oh, we should read the book, and exclusive interviews <laughs> with the actors and filmmakers behind our most beloved rom-coms, From Hollywood with Love constructs oral histories of our most celebrated romantic comedies for an informed and entertaining look at Hollywood's beloved yet most underappreciated genre. Wow, a that lot. was a really long description. I don't know if I would have said that that was all of it. Um, I think I think it was just like a bunch of essays about each time in romantic comedy history. Yeah, so he, he sort of went chronological and selected um, a number of books to focus on and then in or number of books, a number of movies to focus on. So there's there's a, a chapter for a selection of films and then he yep. breaks every single one of those up with an essay about um, an actor or an actress or multiple actors or actresses that were um, prolific in that genre. So that was. Yeah. So that's what I kind of had a little bit of a problem with the organization on some of it because. I thought that we are, I'm like, oh, okay, so we're only talking about these iconic movies. And then he would, like, name an actor. And I'm like, okay, so are we doing movies? Are we doing actors? Yeah, <laughs> like, I it, was like, can we have, but then once you think about it in the lens of it, that it's, in a book of, it's a book of essays about rom-coms, then you're like, okay, there's really no organization, but my brain was trying to find something. It, it really is just, like, specific essays about different pieces because when you yeah you have it it kicks off and it's like i said it's it's chronological so it starts with when harry met sally and then it breaks out into like an essay about meg ryan so yep. you have when harry met sally and there's not like a deep dive on other things that she's done that that are that are very popular like sleepless in seattle or you've got mail but he covers that in her essay so and he also do, he does he really does do focus mostly on the women of the movies which i think is wonderful yeah, so what I what I kind of found about this, and we texted a lot about this back and forth, yes. is I, I think he did it 
in a way without um, without saying anything negative about specific men or people in power. He didn't say anything negative about them, but he sort of laid out the truth and then let you yes. take that as it is. And yep. you're like, wow, there's a fuckload of misogyny and um, narcissism yeah. and like a solid undertone of racism in this industry. There we have it. Yeah. And he... Like, I thought that he didn't, like, he didn't say anything, like, he didn't explicitly, like, use negative words. And as you just said, he was just, like, describing it. It felt very yeah. objective. And, it's, and it's when nothing... we're saying this, yeah, it's nothing like that. It's just he'll say something like, um, like, for example, like, in the When Harry Met Sally, and then we'll get to our favorite reviews. Yeah. But, like, in Harry Met Sally, when he's talking about Rob Reiner being the director, like, he's talking about, like, that, you know, Rob Reiner was being very picky about selecting the role of Harry because the role was supposed to be him. So then you hear the rest of the story, and then you have that in your head, and you're like, oh, uh, this is about this man's ego, not about the movie. It's, Got it. It's, just, like, yeah. it's a lot of things that we didn't know, like, like I just said. Like, there's, like, wow, there's a lot of things in here that are rooted in misogyny and narcissism with, you know, undertones of racism and things that aren't great. That you, you know are there. Everyone knows are there. Everyone's been talking yeah. about these things for decades. And then you read this, and you're like, okay, he, he does accurately talk about it. It's not like a fluff piece where it's just yeah. – the information's here. The information is And he's not yeah. and he's not even really fluffing the ladies either. This isn't a fluff piece about anything. No. I would say this is a very good just like bop, 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 bop. like it's just very informative and it's it almost feels conversational where like it feels like he's doing a PowerPoint PowerPoint presentation or like a TED talk about what he learned. Yeah, and his background. So like I looking at his background, it's just like he's a writer, editor and critic with Ten years of experience yep. and writing for GQ and Vulture and The Atlantic and The Week. So I think he's probably rooted a little bit more in journalism, which I reflects um, yes. in his writing style. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, Chrissy. So it's it's time for our review it's corner. It's time for reviews. Yay! Okay. <laughs> so um, I have two of them, and I know that you and I picked – one of them that is exactly the same. Yes, but I did not. I, I didn't put that in there because I know we picked the same one. Oh so. no! Okay, so we'll talk about this is our this is our shared favorite. Yes, but my favorite one is by somebody. Um, I think it was on Goodreads because this is a newer book. It was in 2022, so this is a newer book. All the Amazon and Audible reviews are, are all very like you know, oh, this is a great book and da da da. But I went on Goodreads because I thought that's where we'll get the tea, and the tea was had. All right, so this person is I love romance, <laughs> uh, one star. This book was a real flop almost before it began. I picked it up on the staff-recommended shelf at the library, and that's usually not a good thing since it involves picking up a book on a whim. It had me at romantic comedy, but like someone said, uh, like someone else said in their review, I was hoping for something other than the whole, other than the technical when it comes to the movies featured. I did learn a few things here and there, and the illustrations were great. The book, however, is not. Maybe it would have been better if it had included more movies that I actually like instead of the a lot of the ones that were featured. Okay, so sorry. Sorry, that we did you didn't not... like the movies. So sorry that Scott didn't call you and ask you what movies you wanted him to talk about in his book. He do, he does cover a lot of them, so I feel like it's if if there if there aren't a oh. couple movies in here that you don't like, you probably don't like rom-coms. So but also might... he d- he didn't include our favorite one, Chrissy, and I I got a I got a bone to pick with you, Scott. Well, I I listed we can say that for the end, but I've got I've got 3 or 4 that um really needed to be talked about and weren't. 
So Absolutely. Okay, so go ahead with your review, and then we'll do our shared review. Okay, so um, I picked a couple of them, so I'll, I'll read um, one. So what I have found is that when you hit the three-star reviews in some place like Goodreads or Amazon, that's yep. where, like, all the sweet stuff is. Um, that's where the gold is. Yeah, it's in the, mi- it's in the mid-range. There's very few in the one-star or the five. So I've got, got some, something from Jessica. It's a three-star. I enjoyed learning some behind-the-scenes facts about the making of romantic comedies and the, and the hopeful future of them. Turns out, I'm less interested in romantic comedies than I thought I was, which is why it was only three stars. Still a good book, though. Great book. Turns out I fucking hate romantic comedies. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jessica. Jessica, thank you for writing in. That was well worth everyone's time. (laughs) Scott, your writing is great. However, romantic comedies, hate them. Hate them. Just like that one guy that said he was going to take a break from sci-fi. Um... (laughs) After Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, I love it. That that was my favorite. It was like, I'm I love sci-fi, but I'm I'm really gonna take a break after this. And I was like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> okay, so our collective favorite review is by Kim, and it's two stars, and the review is just meh. Meh. <laughs> It's the best one. Thanks, Kim. Thanks Kim, a whole lot. We fucking love you. Kim, <laughs> this is to you. We salute you, okay? You you fucking wonderful bitch. I love you so much. This okay. entire episode is dedicated to Kim. Yeah, this is a shout out to Kim. <laughs> okay, so um we'll start off. The book, like like Chrissy said, the book starts with when Harry met Sally. Um, and I mean, this isn't really going to be like a, we're not going to do like a big deep dive. It'll be just a pretty big general overview just because a lot of this is just essays and it is kind of takeaways. The information, it's not like, um, like an expose or anything like that. Like nothing's really juicy. It's just really high level. So, um, the first movie that they talk about is when Harry met Sally. Um, I wrote down that Rob Reiner sounds like a baby and Billy Crystal is wonderful and anybody who idolizes Woody Allen feels creepy. Mm, yeah, I so our notes are always so similar, which is so similar. And by the way, I rewatched this last night. Um, oh, you did? To pre- yeah, to prepare for it. I rewatched um, this and then I rewatched my favorite romantic comedy, which is um, While You Were Sleeping. So I rewatched oh, yeah. those two. And they talk about that one in this book. They do, a little bit, yeah. Um, I rewatched those two, and I wrote down, Rob Reiner sounds like King Baby. and King Baby? King, King Baby. Um, and I do, I love Billy Crystal. And I He's also, just an angel. In rewatching it, I really don't like the way women are depicted. I, re- I really was no. like, no, no. But, I mean, and then also, like, you have to think about, like, I get it that that was, like, you know, during that time. Oh, and then this, this... I'm not excusing anything. I'm just saying that that's what that's what people were told was acceptable to do, and that's what they got away with. And then hopefully, when they learn better, then they do better. Um, so, but with this book, I also learned that everybody who's writing this these these movies are so 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 dumb. Like, have you ever had a conversation before? What's going on? Oh, the you mean the the dialogue. Yeah, like all the dialogue or like some of the stuff that the characters are doing. I'm like, what, 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 what universe do people talk like this? They don't. And um, I, what I noticed the, the theme here with you just said it about Rob, about Rob Reiner, and then we'll talk later about people like Richard Curtis and um, Judd Apatow, where they write 
these screenplays or whatever they're writing about themselves and it's then so cast gross. people to play themselves. So they're, they're, what what gets talked about in here is how Billy Crystal had to go to Rob Reiner to be like, listen, I'm not playing you. I need to play I'm this playing. as a character. You need to let go. And that, that yeah. was like the come to blows they finally had to have. And they were kind of close. There's a lot of similarities, yeah. like just w- with how they these men act and behave that you're like, oh, this all checks out. Well, it's the same thing as Larry David and, and Jason Alexander when he was playing George Costanza. You know, like Larry David's like, no, like I wouldn't do that. And he's like, yeah, but, but it's not this isn't you. This is this is, a this character. Isn't you. I'm this the is a character. And I'm sure it's loosely based on you. Yeah. But this was, is my character. I was hired to play this this character. I'm not playing you. This isn't a biopic. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a biopic. I'm so sorry. And even still in a biopic, I would still be taking some artistic liberties. Um <laughs> But uh, Meg Ryan, they they went into a whole thing about uh, Meg Ryan and how, um, like, even in The Princess Bride, so um, they wanted, they were like, well, why don't we have Meg Meg Ryan be the princess by Princess Buttercup? And I thought this was very interesting because, yes, Meg Ryan is beautiful, but they're like, we're not looking for the most adorable woman in the world, which Meg Ryan is, and we're looking for a very beautiful woman, and, like, Robin Wright Penn, of course. You know what I mean? Like, she's very, like, stoic. She's got great bone structure. Like, she's a perfect Princess Buttercup. So, yeah, she did. Yeah, she fit that movie really well. So, I mean, the casting in that is really good. And um, I just think it's so funny and weird how these people, they all idolize Woody Allen. And I'm like, which, okay, I do have a funny story about Woody Allen. Not that I know him or anything like that, but I went to this local, this bagel shop that was by my house. And there was like all, there was like these, like this group of like seven or eight, like elderly people. And they would all go in there at the, at the same time every day and get coffee. And I wanted to be in that friend group so bad. <laughs> so I would always like eavesdrop and I would always hope that my moment would come where I could like introduce myself to them. Cause I'm like, if only you could see the old man that I am inside, you would love me. Like, I'm like, I just know that you guys would love me. I just know it. So. One day I heard them and they were all talking about like Woody Allen and this one of the older ladies said she goes, "Ugh, he's a pervert." And one of the older guys goes, "What do you mean? He's like pervert?" Like and he was asking genuinely, like he wasn't like being defensive. He was like, "What do you mean?" So, they start talking about it um oh, cuz it was about Mia Farrow and who Mia Farrow was married to. And so she's like so she starts talking about they all the, the whole table starts chiming in about Woody Allen and stuff like that. And the the man who was asking the question said he goes, "Oh. Well, I would say that is pervert behavior." <laughs> and I was like That sounds pretty pretty perverted. You're you're absolutely correct. I would say that that's how the definition of pervert. Yes. That was the day that I was like, "Oh my god, I got to be friends with them." Like I was like you guys are so cool. What do you you got to wait until one dies to slide in? Like what do you have to do? No, I okay, so I did I did get in the friend group and then the bagel shop closed. So oh, it was not meant to be. Man. Yeah, I I did make it in because I had an opportunity. One of the guys was running late and I held the door open for him and he was like, "No, no, no, please, please, please." And uh and I was like, "No, come on." I said, "I can be a gentleman." I was like, "Come on, get in there." And he, he was like, "Okay." And he goes in there. And then um, they all started breaking his balls about how he didn't hold the door open for me. And I was like, I was like, yeah, what kind of service is like, you know, I was just breaking. I was just going in on it. And then they loved me. And I was like, I told you. I told we you. We could be friends. I told you we could be best friends. And then I, yeah, I was so excited. I went home and I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I did it. 
I, by the way, and then I, the bagel shop closed. I went through last night. This is another thing that I did last night. I logged into IMDb and I looked. Oh, at, how was it? I looked at all of um, Woody Allen's movies to make sure I wasn't a liar on this. That I've never watched one of his movies, beca- and I never will. Um, yeah, because he's a horrible person. pervert. Pervert like behavior. No. Yes. No. Will yeah. not support. Nope. Hard pass. Thumbs down. Thumbs down on Woody. That's good that you checked IMDb. Yeah, we're just going to give it a resounding. Because I was like, I don't think I've ever seen one of his movies. I was lo- I was looking at, there's like lists of, you know, top rom-coms. And so I'm looking at all those lists, which, by the way, some of them are fucking wild. So I'm looking at yeah. all those lists, which I'll tell you about later. But there, oh, um, yeah. a lot of them have like Annie Hall on it. And I'm like, I've never seen that and I never will. And then no. I thought, I don't think I've ever seen or made, a, made an active choice to see a Woody Allen movie. And then I had to check to make sure I wasn't a liar. And I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing worse than being a hypocrite. So that's wonderful. No. Um, so then the When Harry Met Sally one was very interesting, and it was it was good. Um, it was uh, some of the things. I mean, there really wasn't that anything that interesting except for, like, that they were more sensitive about the fake orgasm scene than. Because I was like, that had to have been awkward, like, acting that all out I with all those people, like, in the room, like. I was like, ooh, that had been awkward. It could have been fun. Yeah, but one of the comments that this guy said that Scott Meslow said was he goes, um, he because like, they go like, oh, faking it or whatever, and I think he said that Billy Crystal was like, yeah, women do it all the time or something, and I was like, yes. <laughs> he so then there was the other piece of why you know why we called him King Baby Rob Reiner. Um, is oh yeah, because the the whole screenplay was originally written for Elizabeth McGovern to play Sally. Yeah. And her and Rob Reiner were dating at the time, and then they broke up before it got into production. And he's like, "I can't have her in this movie. I don't. I can't work with her." So yeah. um, she got kicked off, and then they cast Meg Ryan. Yeah, and then also I love how he met somebody like while they were filming it, and then they got married and all this stuff. And it was almost like he was like, "Yeah, I don't care about this movie anymore. Like because I'm married now, it's fine." And it was like, "Shut up." It was so bizarre. He he also did the um, did the Judd Apatow thing where. Um, he put his stepdaughter, his adopted daughter, in the movie. So, um, oh yeah, uh, the bakery girlfriend, Betty Spaghetti. I don't know her name in this, yeah. this movie. I just call her Betty Spaghetti. Um, it's Penny Marshall's yeah. Penny Marshall's daughter that Rob Reiner adopted when they were married. Oh, okay. So wherever wherever you see Betty Spaghetti, think Rob Reiner. Kevin Cosner always does that too. Puts his kids in things. Yeah. Doesn't he have like fifteen kids? I don't know how many kids he has. I do know he has an Oceanside fuck pit. And um, <laughs> I also know that, what's the movie? Is it, is, is it The Postman? One of them. He has, like, he casts his daughter and his daughter is, like, hitting on him. I'm like, we get it. What? You're so sexy that even, like, you're having your you daughter character. This. It's, this is what's a... wrong with you? Oh, God. Damn it. Okay. <sighs> so then my next, the next movie that they talk about, and I actually spent the... Most time thinking about this movie, because um, I, it is such an interesting, like, movie. Um, Pretty Woman is the next one. Yes. Um, and the this is where I learned the most, and I thought it was fucking awesome. Like, I love this this like story because like, it's one of the most watched movies by everybody. Almost everybody knows of this movie. It's Pretty Woman. There's so many. It's so, it's in our cultural lexicon. It they everybody has like you know if you smash something like if you close something shut on somebody's hands like everything is so like 
pretty woman. Everything is so pretty woman you know, coded. You know that. Right? You know the big mistake. Huge. Like everybody knows big that. Mistake. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like all that stuff and Cinder fucking Rella. Like yeah. you know everybody what? knows everybody knows pretty woman stuff. But what this movie was supposed to be called was Lawton's three thousand. And why, Sarah? Why? Because it was supposed to be about this the the main character's name, and it was supposed to be that he's because he spends three thousand dollars to have a woman for the week, right? Yes. So it's supposed to be about this man's three thousand dollars and what he does. Like it's like my week with Marilyn, except for it's about the man, and he's paid three thousand dollars to have a woman for but a it's, week. It's like a dark, dark movie where she oh, is like. A I want to see this movie. She is a drug addicted hooker. Yeah, and I want to see that movie. And it. It ended with her being like thrown out of the limo onto the street. The movie, that movie was so good, and of course, this it's not going to be like that because the movie it it's a Disney movie, Pretty Woman, so it's never going to be. They're not going to have a thirteen year old who is addicted to doing cocaine. You know what I mean? Like that's not. They'll they'll definitely devastate you and have the parents die right in the beginning, but like they're never going to, you know. <laughs> Why? Why can't we have other trauma? Why do we have to have just parent death trauma? Like, what's going on? But anyway, um, it says that I wrote down here that this is a dumb rewrite because it says Julia Roberts, apparently her character apparently stopped doing drugs at 13. <laughs> and then when we got to the part in the in the book about Drew Barrymore and she was in like rehab at 13, I was like, mm, OK, never mind. I'm going to take back. I'm going to rescind my negative comment about how unbelievable that is. Um, but. I thought this was uh, so basically Disney said that Lawton's 3000 sounds like it's like a like a futuristic like robot space like movie. And I was like, yeah. So then all I could think about for the whole rest of that section and I mean pretty much since I started reading this book is I thought about this like 90s sex worker robot movie that's like space Blade Runner. Hooker. Yeah, like that's like Blade Runner, but it's like <laughs> That's all I could think about. I was just like, oh, like, I, that's what I want. I was just like, the, that's co- a movie the conversation that of that, of them, they were all signed on to this movie with the original script. Like, they they were signed on to this movie with the original yeah. script, and then it lost funding and it got picked up by, is it Miramax that's owned by Disney? Is that who it was at, whatever? I think so. It's a Disney yeah, company I think so. that, bought, that bought the film, and they're like, super great. Uh, we're going to change a few However. things. Like, fucking everything. So... It's not a instead fairy tale. of instead of cocaine, it's gonna be it's gonna be strawberry seeds. Ooh. <laughs> How I was do you like, feel really? about dental floss? It's gonna be amazing. I, I always remember thinking that that was really weird. I'm like, why is she being so weird about that? She's taking strawberry seeds, like about flossing. Like, why? Yeah, she's why? Like, is I'm she just flossing. It? Yeah, I'm like, and I was a little kid. I'm like, who cares? And then I was concerned because I was like, do I have strawberry seeds in my teeth? Like. <laughs> I eat strawberries. Should I be flossing more? I didn't. I didn't remember strawberries seeds being as big of a problem as they were in this movie. It was. It's like yeah. you know. It's like quicksand. Like you're a little kid. You think quicksand's gonna be like the biggest problem in your life. I thought strawberry seeds were gonna be a huge problem. Like I don't. I don't think I've ever had well, like. And it even would have made sense if they made her like, because in the book they said that like during that part where she goes to the bathroom. So they're saying that she's a drug addict. That she's got a, a cocaine problem, and. Um, that she is, like, advocating for more money and keeps pushing for more money because she has a drug habit. And that's even supposed to be, like, that she goes back, with that uh, one scene where she goes back to her apartment with Kit. Yeah. And she's supposed to be going back there to get high afterwards. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's supposed to be doing that. And then, 
like she goes to the bathroom and she was supposed to have. But I'm like, I don't understand why we couldn't have been exposed more to that because then you can like, you know, if, if people see that they can notice those signs in their friends and family and try to help them help their but friends and family Kit, get help. Kit was a drug. Kit, Kit was on drugs. I don't know if she was an oh, addict. Yeah. She was on drugs. And then I love her. They, like they mentioned her and they mentioned like other like skinny Marie. And she's like, those are very specific cases of crackheads. Like I remember yeah. that line from yeah. the movie. Kit that the, the, the actress that plays Kit is just absolutely amazing. I she just, amazing. Ugh, I love her. Um, and so then I also appreciated this. There was this man that, um, so was it Curtis? Was it Richard Curtis that went shopping on Rodeo Drive and he was dressed really nice and everybody was really nice to him Wow. And on Rodeo Drive. And then the next time he went out and he wasn't dressed as nice or whatever. And then they were all really rude to him. I enjoyed that he gave that experience and that scene to Vivian. Yeah. Like he was like, oh, this is probably what like. So if we send Vivian shopping, this is probably what she would feel like. Yeah, if we send her out there in her hooker clothes, she's going to be treated like absolute garbage. Although that dress was everything. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I wish I could wear that. The cocktail dress? The the white and the blue. All of her dresses were good. But her, but yeah, her original outfit where she's got the white on top and the thing, like I was like, oh, that's it. I loved like that little montage of her in her, like the the super like 90s (gasps) outfits. The shopping. The shopping outfits, the little, the little outfit montage is one of my favorite things. It's so gorgeous. I love that thing so much. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost as good as the clueless scene with the closet. Oh, God. Also, it's 2024. Why don't we have this closet organizing software? Give it to me. Give it to me Give it to me. Give it to me. Put together an outfit. I'm sick and tired of doing this. I'm done. I have extreme ADHD. I only wear the four things that are on hangers directly in front of me. Yep. Um, So this this movie is a fairy tale. Vivian is Rapunzel, which I was interested. I was like, oh, I guess guess she would be Rapunzel. Um, And Edward Richard Gere is Prince Charming. And... Um, Hector, I never know this man's last name, so I call him Hector Lasagna. I do not know his last name. I can never. It might be. Don't know. I call him Hector Lasagna. He's lovely. Um, Yeah, he is a beautiful man. I love his voice. But he is always the fairy godmother in every movie. So he's the fairy godmother in this movie, but he also is in The Princess Diaries. Mm -hmm. And he's beautiful. So Hector Lasagna is um, amazing, and I want to hang out with him unless he's dead. Then I'll get a Ouija board, and then I can hang out with him that way. I don't think he's dead. I, think he I don't think he's dead either. Wait, do you think? Do we think he lives? Yeah, I think I think he's alive. It's, yeah, I think it's Hector Elizondo. He's an American uh, actor. He's eighty-seven. Oh, good. Okay, thank God he's still alive. Alive okay. and well. <sighs> he's ticking. All right, now. and then then the next one that they get to is Miss Congeniality and also Sandra Bullock. So this is kind of like a combo oh, that's where the, he talks about Miss Con- That's the essay about her, right? Yes. Yeah. The next, like, chapter. Um, I thought it was funny because, so Sandra Bullock has pretty symmetrical features, and she's got a decent, she's got decent bone structure. She's got a, she's got a nice-looking face. And the way that they wanted to make her ugly for that one movie was that they just gave her, like, chiclet teeth. What, the love potion number nine? Yeah, Love Potion number nine. Yeah. And I thought that was so funny. And I wrote down on here, I said, are we forgetting that some people are just nightmares? 
Like <laughs> some, they can be beautiful, and you're like, oh, how come they're single? They're beautiful, and it's like maybe they suck. Oh, maybe they're a terrible fucking person. How about that? Because no? there's a lot of people like that. Like you know, you have all your friends that are like, I just wish I could find somebody, and then you're like, okay, but like, have you visited your personality recently? <laughs> Because, like, you're doing all the right things to make your exterior look good, but your interior is just, like, a little rough. Beautiful packaging. Beautiful, beautiful packaging. The inside, terrible. Um, Richard Curtis loves Hugh Grant. He talks about the good... I wish that the the rest of this book was about Hugh Grant. I I love Hugh Grant. And the 90s, the 90s um, sex worker robot movie, like Blade Runner, that I want. I fucking love Hugh Grant. Um, oh, I love him more after this book. He he is, I, like I I sent you, the, I I don't know if we had already finished this. Whatever. I sent you an interview that he did. He's in that Wonka movie. So he did. Yes. He did yes. You did send this to me. So I sent you the interview, and I like I wrote it down because it's I thought it was the funniest thing. The, his him in this interview, and they it's him being completely deadpan, and they yeah. ask him a question, and he says. I like to bring misery to all film sets. I myself am miserable. I like to spread negativity. And I was like, I like this guy. I like him already. And then and then they ask him about the Wonka director, and he says he actually likes people. What a perv. And then the interviewer <laughs> asks him if he thinks that his agents would have sent him the script if he didn't have a relationship with the director. And he's like, Oh yeah, I think so. They know I'm the freak show. I mean I'm in the freak show stage of my career now. That's all I can get. That is him like completely deadpan talking to this person. And interviewing him, uh, and you know, little Timmy Shalom, ma- like master or whatever the fuck his name is, Shalomar is sitting, <laughs> is sitting next to him, dying. And I'm like, I, I give more work to Hugh Grant. I don't, yes. you know, you know what? There, there's like a whole thing about him in Hugh here Grant. about how he handled the whole scandal in in the 90s where he got a you know got caught in a car with um, a sex worker Divine Brown and they made him go on the Tonight Show to issue an apology and he was just like uh, um, um, yeah I just I did a bad thing and then everybody laughed and was like yay and I think yeah. the only um, crazy part of this whole entire thing and what is noted in this book is that he only paid $60 for a blowjob. And I was like, listen. But he paid. <laughs> he, he did pay. I just, I got to talk to this Divine Brown and be like, get your back, babe. 60 bucks for a blowjob? And you came to yeah. him. Like, what? And it's Hugh, it's Hugh Grant. That should You should go a little more. Know your worth. <laughs> raise your prices. Even with inflation. Just raise your prices for Hugh Grant. Yeah, Vivian He can got, afford it. Vivian got three grand. Okay. Yeah, she worked it out, and she just had strawberry seeds in her teeth. Okay. <laughs> and, and a whole um, bunch of clothes. Yeah. Yeah, she got a whole wardrobe, and then she had to, like, live there forever. Okay. But Hugh Grant says that he is shocked that spe- that people still want to see rom-coms, and I was like, I'll see anything okay. with you in it, sir. I will watch anything that you're in, except for the Willy Wonka thing. I no, don't think I'll watch that. that. But I'll watch anything else that you're in. I'll watch all the videos of you being a weird little Oompa Loompa. I'm jacked about that, but I will not watch that movie. I that's the one the movie with Johnny Depp is the only movie I've ever walked out of. I've never walked out of a movie except for that one. <laughs> oh God, it was terrible. I could the way, through that. It was so fucking creepy. I don't care and I need to get this out of the way right now, yeah. um, just because it came up. I Good. fucking do not like Johnny Depp. I don't like how eccentric he thinks he is. I don't like how quirky he thinks he is. There is nothing about that man that I like. I don't care. There is there's nothing. Nothing about him that I think is anything 
that's worth noting. So just letting you guys know that I just do not like that man. I don't like his face. I don't like anything. <laughs> Except for I did appreciate that he said that he modeled the character of Jack Sparrow after a dog. And I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. <laughs> but that's the only thing that like I remotely like about him. Um, and also Hugh Grant says that he is happy that he's too old and ugly to be in rom-coms anymore. So I was thrilled for him because now he is in his freak show era. Disagree. I agree. I think he's still hot. He's fine. Give give me a Hugh Grant rom-com with him being just fucking miserable right now. I would love it. Yeah. What was that show that we watched with him on HBO? Oh, with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I forgot the name of it. That was a great show. Yeah, it was a really good show. We he loved did, it. he was fucking excellent he in that movie. He was so good in that. And he was like in that show, I mean, not movie. It was it was a limited series on Yeah, yeah. it was so good. Um it was Nicole Kidd and he like we're not going to spoil it for you. Um He's accused of so, murder. But he's accused of murder and he probably did it. Okay. Um <laughs> anyway, so I know I said I wasn't going to spoil it, but this is one of my fatal flaws is that once it's in my head, I must say it. Um that's a problem for me and just in general. But anyway, and then so the the Sandra Bullock thing, like it talks about um, speed and, you know, how her whole thing with Keanu Reeves and all that stuff. So I thought it was interesting, but I just I mostly thought it was funny that they had to just give her chiclet teeth for, to make her ugly. For love potion and, number nine. Yeah. And that's why she didn't have a boyfriend. I'm like, um, I watched Miss Congeniality and I wanted to look like her. So I was like, give me a break. She's she is. Sandra Bullock is stunning. Like she's beautiful. She was beautiful in 1995. She's beautiful today. She's absolutely stunning. But um, when I rewatched while you were sleeping last night, I um, remembered that um, Glynis Johns, who we lost this week, was in it. And um, we loved her. We love her because she was our. Um, she was my Mary Poppins icon that like was was treated as the as like the negligent mother, but she was just out there. That was like her song, like the though we adore men individually, we agree that yep. as a group they're rather stupid. Like Glynis, R.I.P. God, R.I.P. She, she was also great in this movie. Um, yeah, she plays like the like the drunk grandma. Um, oh yeah, she was so good. Yeah, I gotta watch that movie again. It's great. You do a rewatch on that movie way more than I do. I I have like fixations. So like I rewatch yeah. the same things over and over and over again. Well, that's and comforting. Don't watch new things. So That's a comforting thing. Yeah. Well, it's it is and it's also like mental illness where it's um like you don't need to watch 2005's Pride and Prejudice as many times as you do. But I do. Mr. Dulcie. Yes, we do. <laughs> I do. I do it anyway. We do need to watch this. Okay, Chrissy, I'm kind of thinking about this and we're going to we're going to visit this topic. Perhaps we should do we should do uh, we should revive PS I hate this movie cuz you and I fucking love to rip these movies apart. That's all we do. Yeah. Okay, uh, maybe we'll do that. Okay, oh, anyway. Um, one movie that I have never seen, and it wasn't for there's a lot of movies that I never saw just because either one I never heard about it or two like I didn't and I didn't know the enjoyment of going to the movies by myself until I was like 18. So it was probably just that I just didn't ever, you know, go. I love going to the movies by myself. I do not need to have a guest. You do can you, stay home. Do yeah. you do you know that so Sarah and I went and yes. saw the other woman together when it came out in theaters. Yeah. In whatever year that was. Was that like 2013 or whatever year it yeah, was? Yeah, it was like yeah, it was yeah. We shit talked the movie loudly. The entire, t- the entire fucking dime that it was in And the- nobody told us to shut up. That was the funny part. 
The not enti- one single the person. The entire time. The entire time we're just like, no, no. What? What is he doing now? No. <laughs> but not one person told us to shut up. Not one. <laughs> we were just sitting back there like Statler and Waldorf. Just, and we were just like, boo. Like, that would never happen. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. So what was no. the movie you had never seen? Oh, waiting to exhale. I so I haven't seen that one either. I think I just wasn't in the age range to see it. I don't think I was either. I don't. I. I. By the time, like, I just it, it slipped my mind. Like, I just didn't even think about it. But this is another but I, one. I want to watch it now. I, I. I do need to watch it because it. It is. Um. It very called out that. Um. This was told as a story. So it's a book written by Terry McMillan, uh, first, and then it was workshopped into a screenplay, and then created into a film. Um. And yeah. it's talked about where it's like it's a very overlooked audience about love stories for black women. And it still is. So isn't it because didn't they say it was like a Sex in the City ripoff? Sex in the City ripped them off. Yeah. So I mean, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to yeah, say that. So but, sex, but, but, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Sex in the City ripped them off. And I was like, oh, you it's fucking ba- bitches. Basically, Sex in the City, like essentially like yanked the plot and then made them white, moved them to New York, which the the writer so Terry McMillan is like I wasn't mad about this the fans were pissed off about it but the, I think yeah. the shitty part is that Candace Bushnell and Darren Starr who created Sex in the City never acknowledged the influence not not acknowledging yes, they should have not acknowledging like the any major piece of being like or being like oh you know we we love works like Waiting to Exhale and love that our work aligns with you know the same messaging like not not even yeah. not even that so or include Terry. In the process that you're making this new show, include them. If you're like, hey, we're kind of biting off of your fucking shit here, include them in the process because you have more money and more exposure and more like fucking whatever. Include them. Give them a job on the show. Put them in there. Like, I was like, fuck you guys. I also have never seen one moment of Sex in the City, so I don't know. I have. It's terrible. Oh, is it really? Oh, my God. But the one thing that I did love that Scott was talking about and is part of his essay is he says that... Um, that when he was in, was it Terry that said this? It might have been Terry, where men are always so good in bed in these movies, and she's uh, that no one ever leaves James Bond's bed and says, "Oh man, that was not great." <laughs> I think it is her. That was so funny because it was talking about women who are in their, you know, late thirties, early forties, and like the experiences that they go through with finding men and finding love and all that stuff. So, I I was very interested that with. I think it doesn't. It wasn't the. Doesn't it take place in Phoenix, Arizona, or it something? Does. I just can't even believe I've never watched this movie. So I got to watch it because I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "Well, this movie sounds great. Why Whitney. did I not watch this?" It does have Whitney in it. Yeah, which is I don't know why I didn't watch this. I love Whitney. Um, and then we go into my favorite part of the book where we go. We talk about Judy Greer. Um, I love Judy Greer. I think that she is a wonderful human being. I think that she is hilarious. She is fucking and, hilarious. And. Um, it makes me feel so happy to know that everybody else feels the same way. Um, apparently, she wrote like an op-ed for Funny or Die, or, or no, was it for Funny or Die? She, she it was did, for something. She did like a video for Funny or Die that was, um, I think, what you're talking about. Yeah, but she wrote this thing, and it's called "I Don't Know Where You Know Me From." I think it's a book. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a book or an article or something. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to Google it as soon as I get. I had RSV over the holidays, so I don't remember fucking anything. Um, 
And so I wrote down here, why do all the funny bitches get to be the side character? Decoding my notes, by the way, from not like I just like blacked out for the week. So I have no idea like what happened and decoding my notes like that was the hardest thing ever because I'm like, what the fuck? My, I, I don't have an excuse. And my notes for this are <laughs> fucking nuts because like I I didn't take um, I told you like I didn't take plentiful notes on a lot of things. Like there's, yeah. there's an essay on um, Jennifer Lopez in here and it's it, it's titled. Jennifer Lopez, the triple threat, and my only notes are, why is she holding two knives? That was my only fucking yeah. note on the whole thing. So go back to Judy Greer because that's the that's the better route. Yeah, Judy Greer is the, she's the superior person here. Um, and then, so I wrote down here, why do all the funny bitches get to be the side character? Um, my favorite thing, and I'm sure this is also your favorite thing, Chrissy, is she talks about that at one point, they would have her come out, like, you know, enter the scene or something like that with holding a Sierra Mist can. Uh-huh. And she's like, why? Like, I already have to, like, be holding all this stuff and then, like, opening a door and all stuff. It just doesn't make sense for me to be holding a Sierra Mist can. And they were like, you have to. And then she said that she was um, looking at Jennifer Aniston and she goes, why can't she hold the Sierra Mist can? And they're like, well, because she's not allowed to hold anything except for smart water. And <laughs> like because she's with smart water and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, OK. And then she's like, well, how much are you we getting paid for this? Like, like, like I, is it, get, how much of it is going to me? She's like, I'm, I'm trying to make your shitty fucking dialogue into something good. I'm already doing, like, get, how much are we getting paid? Give me a cut. You want to give me a yeah, cut? Give me a cut of this. Put some put some cash in this can and I'll go ahead yeah. and carry it in for you. Yeah, I will carry however much you want to put in it that was, can. That was clear. I think that, like, for that sticking in her brain was was absolutely, like, a. it wasn't about the can. Like, that was, like, no. a breaking point for her where she's like, if they do one more thing, I'm going to fucking lose it. And they're like, can you carry the Sierra Miss cannon? She's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll just carry the whole movie and this can. Yeah, that was the straw that broke the, the camel's back on that one. But she wanted to just be in romantic comedies, right? So she just wanted to be in a romantic comedy. And, um... She always got cast as a side part, and I it made me feel for people like us, Chrissy, um, who are very funny but will never be the main character. Um, <laughs> we're always funny and grumpy because nobody wants to spend an hour and a half with us in a movie. Because part of it, I would be like, "Can you leave me alone?" I want to <laughs> spend an hour and a half with you all the time. But I've been yeah, the the amount of times that I've been called crotchety to my face is is pretty pretty astounding. So mm, yeah, mm, you know, not really. Warm I think and fuzzy. it's. I think it's warm and fuzzy and endearing. I love that about you. <laughs> I do. But I love Judy Um No, but I mean like in a movie, like nobody wants to watch a cranky bitch like me for an hour and a half. You know, like they'd but be like, fi- oh, it's God, fine for is men this how she because does? I want to yeah. watch Hugh Grant for an hour and a half and he's a cranky bitch. Yeah. And I want to watch every Jack Nicholson movie, you know. Also so a he's a cranky bitch. bitch. Yeah. I think he's wonderful, though, so no one can ever... I think he's a fucking scumbag, but he's wonderful. Um, and then I th- I started writing a whole diatribe about how I think it's stupid that a character in the movie... Because it's not Jennifer Aniston holding a can of Sierra Mist. It is whomever Jennifer Aniston is playing that is the... Right, and it's a, it's a paid film not affiliated with her personal projects. Like, I don't... So smart... Yeah, Whatever. smart water, shut up. Just fucking take it. No big deal. There, she's holding Sierra Mist, and she's not even really Jennifer. No. Every time that she's off screen, she'll be holding smart water. You'll be fine. Um, I was interested to learn more about Cameron Diaz in this book, um, that she was a model and turned funny actor. And one thing that we should all be thankful for is that um, for the movie There's Something About Mary, uh, Cameron Diaz's role was actually almost played by Courtney Cox Arquette. 
And so, you're all welcome. We all got Cameron Diaz instead. (laughs) The movie didn't suck. Oh my God. My God. That would have been just awful. That's all I could. I, I just got in this thing where I was like, oh, dude. So, whoever fumbled that deal or like cause I guess they reached out to Courtney Cox and they were like hey do you want to be in this movie and they said she said that like yes yeah, I mean a script or whatever and then somebody reached back out to them and they said the Farrelly brothers and they were like you're no she's not going to do this and then apparently she was mad at them because they never sent him her the script and they were like oh we okay somebody said okay so they think that somebody was sabotaging that and to that person I say thank you I love you Great you job. gave us a better movie, thank you. I, you know what I, I never thought about in, in like movies like this where it is like completely told from um, a male perspective, and you look at somebody like yep. poor Cameron Diaz, where she did this movie, and they, they would not, the, the Fairly Brothers would not drop the, the, the studios production were all like, you need to drop this scene with the hair gel, the, the jizz in the hair scene, yep. like you need to drop the scene, drop it. They would not drop it. They were obsessed with it. And even her, she's like, this is humiliating. I don't want to do this. Yeah. This is so embarrassing. She had, well, and even Ben Stiller was like, why, like why? He's like, wouldn't I feel that in my ear? Yeah, he's like, wouldn't I wouldn't feel that on my on my ear? It was just um, for her to do it, and then I think she had to, you know, trooper through it. So, um, well, and kudos I, to you, I'm Cameron. Gl- kudos to you, Cameron, and I love that you brought that up because um, that was kind of like exposing, like because so they showed that scene in the movies, and not one everybody roared with laughter during that scene. Not one person was like. Wouldn't he feel that in his ear? So that just shows all of us, like, you guys are so fucking, like, you don't even care. You'll receive something that does not make sense. You're just like, oh, she put jizz in her hair. That's hilarious. Scott just exposed all of you who thought that that was so funny. I, it didn't. That scene didn't need to be in the movie to further it or anything. It, it didn't. It, like, it really didn't. But I, I think when, when I watched it, I remember watching it, and I wasn't like, "Would would Ben Stiller feel that?" or like, "How horrifying is that for Cameron Diaz?" I like, I was like, "That's that is an inaccurate consistency of 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 jizz." Yeah. Like, there's no, no, that's. I just what's wrong I was with like, you, "Oh, ben? gross!" Yeah, yeah, I was just like, "Oh, gross!" So we were saved. We almost had um, Courtney Cox, but we instead have Cameron Diaz, and we're all better for it. Yay. Um, Brit, uh, Bridget Jones' diary. Uh, I didn't know this was like an actual like column, like, like a, a person. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I It makes much more sense now. Um, but I didn't put any thoughts into the origin of the movie. I just was like, oh, okay, whatever. Nah. Funny spinster. That's fine. Um, I don't know that we needed to make so many Bridget Jones's diary. but mm, Yeah, I think they lost the plot a little bit. Because um, the, the one movie was good. The first movie was great. I loved the first movie. Um, and they Hugh said the, Grant? The, the first anything Hugh Grant only signed on to that because Richard Curtis did so Hugh Grant yeah. was like I'm not doing this and the the director of the movie was like hunting him down and he called her he's like stalker um he called her a stalker he's like you what is wrong with you and then um Richard Curtis who did like four weddings and a funeral and is uh Notting Hill things like that found Hugh Grant and he was like fine I'll do it because Richard, yeah. Richard Curtis on it, and then people lost their shit because Renee Zellweger got cast, and she was a skinny American, and she's not relatable as a British woman. Um, and they made her gain weight, and then everybody was like, "Look at look at how fat she got. She gained seventeen pounds. Like, yeah, I can do that in a weekend. Like, let's 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 calm down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I believe in myself. I can, I can absolutely do that. No problem. 
Like For you don't sure. have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, and they do bring up four weddings and a funeral a lot, and they bring up uh, the cultural resonance with that as well. Like everybody basically has like an episode of something like. Like Simpsons has a reference to four weddings and a funeral and all that stuff. And it's so funny how they said that um, Andy McDowell is like, a, you know, and like the girl next door. And I was like, Andy McDowell? You know, my, my notes on this, <laughs> my notes on that movie are also related to Andy McDowell, McDowell because they're talking about how much everyone trashes her for having, you know, the worst line in history, which is the end of the movie. Oh, where yeah. She's outside and she's like. Is it still raining? I didn't notice. And I'm like, what? she didn't fucking write it. What? Like, what? No. What? She, it's she, bad writing. She, she and she did up. not. Del- she delivered the line. She did her job. Like, she got the bag. What, what's the problem? Yeah, if that's the director's fault. If you didn't want her to say it like that, then you could have had her say it another way. No big deal. But they also talk I, about ooh. our our boy Hugh Grant, where the that rain scene, um, the audio from that is it's really hard to capture audio when there's any outside noises. Yeah. So they they take actors in the studios and they dub the sound over. The, yeah, and the he, ADR. He has so many pauses and breaks and stutters in, in his speech when he delivered that those lines that they're he, that um, Richard Curtis is like he's never going to be able to fucking redo this. It's going to no. we're going to trash the scene. And he went into a dub studio and did it in two takes perfectly. So um, yeah. All pro. Little little pro, yeah. Hugh Grant. That's why Richard Curtis is in love with Hugh Grant, though. That's why. Is because he can he can be this little cutesy boy, cutie pants. Love him. Um and then also for so for four weddings and a funeral, Andy McDowell and then they talk about that line delivery of like, oh, is it raining? And like, you know, so is this supposed to be, is she supposed to be sarcastic? Then that's the director's fault. Um, you should have <laughs> told her that she needed to deliver that line. Hey, Andy, but like more sarcastic. Is it or raining? Like, mm, didn't hey, notice. Ran- yeah, didn't notice. Like, because it's obviously pouring in your fucking face. It's obvious. Um Another thing that I thought was interesting about this book is that we learned that for my best friend's wedding, which, by the way, I'm happy to know that everybody fucking hates that movie, too, because I'm like, this is the worst person imaginable, Julia Roberts. Like, what a fucking nightmare. It is awful. Like, the, the premise of that movie, I'm like, what the fuck? What a, this? You're playing the you villain. You just ruined, like, yeah. You ruined somebody's wedding because of some pact you made with some guy in college? Because Cameron Diaz was so sweet in that movie. She tried her little she she tried so her little cute. best. Yeah, she tried her level best, and she was a sweet girl. I loved her so much. But, um, yeah, Julia Roberts was a bully in that movie. And that was also the movie where they kind of introduced, like, it doesn't always need to work out. Like, the guy doesn't always need to get the girl. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I do like that. That's appreciated. Well, Thank I, you. I liked that, too, where they, where they basically made it where they're like, she can't. She can't win. She can't. No. Like, she has just done insane shit in, like, a deplorable manner. We can't have her have a win. So she gets a tiny win at the end, but it's, you know, with, like, her her bestie. Yeah, it's her. It's with her bestie. But what I thought was interesting about that is, one, I didn't know that Julia Roberts could hate anybody, but apparently she did not particularly care for Cameron Diaz in that role. Um but they didn't make Cameron Diaz like um, the stepmom in Parent Trap. They didn't make her like that. They didn't make her like evil or like, and then once I get him, like, you're not going to talk to him anymore. Like, she's so sweet. She's like, oh, you're his best friend. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, she's so excited about meeting Julia Roberts. And they make her do the, the karaoke. 
the karaoke. That was pretty fun. The karaoke. Yeah, I was like, that was fun. And she's doing a terrible job, but it is endearing. And that's supposed to be like that she's, you know, no matter what, she's always so sweet and she can never do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with her. It's just she's not right for Dermot Mulroney. Because only Julia Roberts can have him. But they, they also, like, the, the on-set dynamics um they they don't they don't make julia roberts to sound like a nice lady no no she's not a nice lady at all um and um then we also talk about drew barrymore which there was a couple of things that like i knew about obviously i knew about her family you know being terrible with her and i know that drew yeah. barrymore has gone through a lot but she got bitten in the face by a dog at 11 months they were they had her audition for a, a dog food commercial or something and that she was like petting the dog and then the dog bit the the baby baby drew Barrymore drew baby more in the face and she was fine with it and and then she started laughing and everybody was like okay whew. no <laughs> the dog still bit the baby in the face like that what do you mean whew no that's crazy so that just like to me it was so funny because we talked about in the Britney Spears one how there's no adults in the room with her no adults in the room with Drew Barrymore. None. And then they, um, they, uh, she emancipated herself because she was like, like what, thirteen and doing drugs and stuff. And I then think she, she finally was way younger when she started. Well, when she started, but she stopped doing drugs at thirteen. And this is where I said I rescind my earlier comments yeah. about Vivian from Pretty Woman. Um, so she emancipated herself. No career. After that, and then she contacts Adam Sandler, and she's like, "I think that we would do good movies together," which they do. And then after that, she directs "Never Been Kissed," and she is trying to talk about that that was like her childhood experience. And it's like, no, 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 babe, you didn't get a childhood. You had a different, yeah, you didn't get a childhood. You had a different childhood experience, and now it makes sense about how why she's so fucking awkward in almost everything except for Ever After. Because she is so fucking awkward in every movie that she's in or every show that she's in. And it's because she was never allowed to be a person. She, have you, so I've not watched, I've seen clips of her um, her talk show. Which, which by the way. Um, Don't touch me. Don't touch me if I'm on the same couch as you. Which, which Get away from by me. By the way, we should note that the, um, that SAG-AFTRA ju- and the, the Writers Guild just completed their strike and she scabbed. So. Um, she did scab. That's. That is that is a, a hard thing for people to get over. Um, yeah. Good luck to you, whatever. But if you if you watch her on her show when she's interviewing people, she is in their fucking face. Where I'm like, Did, don't touch you me. You didn't like you. She's ne- probably never taught boundaries. Where I'm like, this is that's crazy. No, get out of my space. Get out of my bubble. I understand. I'm a prickly little cactus, and maybe I can compromise on some of my personal space, and that's fine. But. This is too close. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need like social distancing. That's the only good thing that came out of COVID for me is that I'm like, it turns out I needed six feet between me and every other human on the planet. I for needed it to be ever. Yeah, I needed it to always be that way. And then now, finally, we had a a way to implement that. And now I'm, I'm content with keeping it that way. Yeah. Sorry. Social distancing. Get- Stay six feet away from me. Uh, yeah. Get out of my, my little bubble. Um, <laughs> but I. The Never Been Kissed movie was terrible. Um, Jimmy Fallon, the movie with Jimmy Fallon that she was in, terrible, Fever Pitch. Um, Music and lyrics with Hugh Grant was terrible, but love it just because Hugh Grant. Um, And then they really talk about how, like, basically 50 First Dates is kind of um, a 
like a breakthrough movie because it's not quite like Nora Ephron level where it's like sweet. Like it's not like Sleepless in Seattle and it's not like anything like that. It is more kind of funny where it's like men and women can go see that together. Yeah, but so they had that to change was, the name because it was it was called Fifty First Kisses, and they yes. were like, "Men won't go see it because it says kiss in the title." So they changed it to dates. Which, by the way, men grow up. It's yeah. fine. The word yeah, kiss exists. Yeah, come on, it's not that big of a deal. We've had to go see like Dude Bro Five Thousand. Like we're gonna be okay. You'll live. You'll be alright. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be alright. Um, but never been kissed was super awkward and also like weird. Yeah, like because she's like a journalist that's going back to see like what kids are up to, and I'm like, you're clearly 35. <laughs> but she befriends um, all which of the that's popular supposed to be girls, all the Barbies. That's supposed to be the the fish out of water part where it's like you clearly like are dressed from a different decade, so you look weird. But like, I'm you're not, not a very Josie good journalist. Grossy then. anymore? That movie, yes. That movie is it's so bad, but it's so good. Um, and then, um, oh, then we talked about Nia Vardalos and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Okay. Oh, yeah. I watched this movie on the plane. Uh, my my neighbor, when I was a kid, was like a, a pilot for Hawaiian Airlines, and we got, like, standby tickets to go to Hawaii when I was younger. I know. But we, like, flew in the middle of the night. Like, I had to, like, wear, like, a nice outfit. I didn't. I wasn't able to like wear sweatpants or anything like that, which sucked. But like, this is like when you had to wear like your church outfit to go on a plane, which I'm like, it's uncomfy on here. No, thank you. Um, but anyway, so I watched this movie. I remember I loved it just because it like took place in Chicago, and I just loved it. Right? Like, I just thought it was the greatest movie ever and then after that it just got ruined for me because everything was just like my big fat greek blah 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 like you know because you know how people do my that big when fat they everything get... yes yeah Please. they start they ruin it like once once people get a hold of like they're like oh this cultural thing yeah i did there's so these she... there's a different ethnicity and you're like oh yeah and like then you're just gonna ruin that and it's like no no you're not appreciating it you should appreciate it i liked it um, I love this movie. It yeah, was, I I liked it. I she started it as like a a, a play. Um, yeah, that Tom Hanks went and saw. So okay, here's what I wrote: Nia Nia Vardalos wanted to be like write movies and like be in rom coms and like whatever. They told her studios told her you're not pretty enough to uh-huh. be a lead and you're not fat enough to be a side character. And I was like, excuse me. That's that's not just it though because then they when when she finally got through they were like mm, we're gonna yeah but get, you're not really a writer when when they when she submitted when she submitted her headshot they were like mm, we're gonna put you down as Latina and she's like I'm fucking Greek what what do you yeah they're mean? like you need to, we're gonna we're gonna take the O S off of your name yeah. and we're gonna add E Z we're gonna and tell I was everyone like, that no. you're Latina and she's like no but no. I'm not I'm Greek what? yeah and. I will say this. I did have more of an appreciation for Nia Vardalos in this um, in this book because that bitch fucking hustled. She did. She hustle. was like nobody wanted. Nobody wanted this movie. Nobody wanted this. Nobody wanted her. Nobody wanted this movie. Okay. They were all fighting so fucking hard against it. She kept pushing. She turned it into a play. She's performing for ninety people in Hollywood. Ninety people in Hollywood. Well, I think they. I think somebody offered her something at one point, and she had to turn it down. 
Because yeah, somebody somebody said, we'll buy this off of you. We'll give you $50,000. Yeah. And she's like, I make $14,000 a year. That was a lot of money for me. And she was like, no, because she knew it was the right thing. Yeah, she's like, no, I do. can't. I, first, first of all, she she took the right. Oh, because they were going to make time. everybody. They were going to make everybody Hispanic. We're, yeah, because she's like, I'm not. I'm not culturally appropriating his, like the Hispanic community when when I'm clearly Greek. Um, if you would like to make Hispanic films, hire Hispanic actors. Like that's you shouldn't. Yep. You shouldn't add until they're sorry, that's onto good. someone else's name and be like, well, yeah, we'll just tell them that you are. No, that's not how this works. Um, no. But she she went and she's like, I wrote this. I wrote this about my family and my culture, and I am Greek, and that's what we are doing. Um, and she yep. stuck with it. And she went to the second city, and she was like working like the front desk or you know whatever. She was working like the box office, and she used to take the phone off the hook, and she would go watch everybody. She would watch <laughs> the show, and then when somebody didn't show up, she was like, Oh, I know it. Like I'll do it. I'll, I know everything. And they were like, Oh, okay. And so she did that. So this bitch fucking hustled. She's like, I will answer your phones. And then she's like, and then I will, like, this is how much I want to do this. Like, she did not care that you, that we didn't want her. She did not care. She's like, I know I have something interesting that you're going to like. And they're like, okay. People did. And we do love it. Yeah, we like it a lot. So I love um, that she did that. And then I did not know that Rita Wilson was um, of Greek descent. So that's kind of cool that we learned about that. Um, but so anyway, she got this, uh, Rita Wilson got this script and she was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you know, she was laughing at it and she loved it. She thought it was so funny. And then next thing you know, Tom Hanks is in a theater full of 90 people to watch this play. And th- then she says, I wrote a script for it because I think this needs to be a movie. And she handed it to Tom Hanks. And then now we have my big fat Greek wedding. That's fucking awesome. It's amazing. So you like the the takeaway there is that no one believed in that woman except for herself and she made it happen. Yep. So Yeah. And she said, Fuck you, like you're not gonna tell me like you're not gonna tell me what's funny or interesting about my family. Like I'm gonna tell you about my family. Same thing with like Phil Rosenthal. If you listen to that book um You're Lucky, You're Funny by Phil Rosenthal. He talks about that with Everybody Loves Raymond. Now, I think that's a trash show, but he fucking did the same thing with them. Like, he went up against the big guns. He had no fucking clout, no fucking anything. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it like that. No, I won't. And this is also interesting because she said, we're not going to cast the show, like, racistly, but I want Greek actors or I want people who can pull off being Greek. And so I thought that was really fun that she made sure that she got people that could at least... Yeah. yeah, it wasn't about the names or anything like that. Like she wasn't like, let me get Matthew McConaughey or anything like that. Like she was like, she said she wants nobodies in the movie. Uh, she wanted, you know, people that you've never seen. Like she wanted anybody, whoever was right for the part, but they had to just at least fit this small criteria. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like she was like, I don't want to do this in an offensive way. I'm not trying to be racist with people if I turn them away. But she's like, this the movie just needs to be right. And I was like, yeah. And I also love, I've never seen this movie, but the second movie, she said that the main character, she's like, I'm going to put a 75-year-old in a wedding dress. Like, she's like, that's going to be the big love story in the thing. And she's like, it's going to be Andrea Martin. She's having that. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Like, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, I just, they talk about her. I have a newfound appreciation for her. I think that she hustled her little ass off. Um, and I didn't know that the friend of um, Ian Miller... Um, it's her actual husband, and I think that's so cute. 
That is, uh, you know what I also love about Eon Miller, um, John Corbett, is that he also like got fucked over a bunch of times. Like he was, yeah. he was cast in My Best Friend's Wedding to be like a guy at the wedding at the end, and they cut him out because That's they bullshit. didn't want Julia Roberts to have like any sort of like happy ending possibility, right? With yep. with, with like a nice normal guy, so they cut him out. So he's been like losing out, losing out, losing out, and then she cast him in this, and um, he, yeah, good for him. He had his little moment. Well, because he was just fucking, he was in, because he was filming Serendipity at the same time yeah. that he was, um, like, being, you know, cast for this. And he was, like, the side guy for that movie as well. And I was like, well, I mean, John Cusack is not better looking than John Corbett. And I, I honestly, and in terms of, like, when it becomes to women it being attracted to, like, anything in film, we, I, we don't necessarily want the hottest most perfect most beautiful man Um, no we just want somebody who's nice to us yeah yeah i think i think we're open to a whole bunch of different things like all sorts of charm yeah that's like like bill pullman which we can go back to bill pullman we can talk about that too but that's that's the same thing like he's not like a super hot man but he pulled off a lot of those roles very well Yeah, there's something very striking about him yeah and also, I like that they said that they wanted Ian to cheat on her, and she's like, "No, I'm not gonna. Per- I'm not gonna feed into that like men versus women feud. Yeah, like, I'm not no, gonna do that." Him. And and then you know she he has to like win her back, and she's like, "Nope, I'm not gonna do that." And like they kept trying to like force in all this drama. And the quote that I wrote down is that she wants to. She's like, "When you go to the movies, it's like you're going up to your mom and you're saying, read me a story.'" And she's like, "So why would I?" Yeah. do that like you know I was like yeah that's true like when you are going to the movies like you're like like you just want like uh, I just want to go see a movie like you just want to watch you just want to watch something and like disassociate for a little a little bit I don't want to be stressed out no. I don't want no. especially not for a rom-com for I'm here for like 90 minutes I don't need this like crazy like we're, hyper we're fine ah. with unrealistic happy endings give them to us absolutely yeah I'm fine with that but um I, I had a really big appreciation for Nia Vardalos they all they also talked about Adam Sandler and how he's kind of because so they talked about like the raunch comedy where you have the you know not the rom com the raunch com um, like there's something about Mary and all that stuff and how that's in there and I never really appreciated those movies um, because I just don't think that you need to be disgusting to be funny like I think that you can be funny and still make s- allusions to those things like real life is funny you know what I mean like real life is hilarious yeah I, like I think a lot a lot of those. Um, those comedies, so the comedies that, yeah. that are more raunch, um, feel like they're in the same vein as like prank comedy. Yeah, not like for punked. me. Not- yeah, it feels very forced, and it feels very like. I mean, yes, sometimes life can be raunchy, but like it's not always raunchy. Like I'm fine with a little bit of raunch, but it just seems like if it seems excessive, I'm like, mm. why? And that's just that's just me. I just feel like it's boring. Yeah. Um, and that's that's again, that's just me. Um. And then also um, they talked about Adam Sandler and how he kind of turned this whole thing into. And I, I always thought it was funny because when I was younger, I would like we'd watch like 50 First Dates or whatever the other rom-com was that had Adam Sandler in it. Billy Madison or um, and those are, Happy Gilmore. Those are like half rom-coms. Yeah. And it's more it's more like a com with rom. Yeah, yeah. They're not really like, – he's doing comedy movies where – there's also a romance in Where there. He's, he's the same character in every movie. There's just a different situation that he's in. Yeah. But 
What I love is one, they always make fun of how ugly he is. Like, you know, <laughs> Drew Barrymore is like, oh, I drew this man. He was like an egghead. And he's like, I don't know why I keep like looking at him. But my mom would always be like, Ugh, he is not sexy. I'm like, <laughs> we don't care. It's a movie. I'm like, it's a movie, Ma. Who cares? But I understand what she's talking about because you're sitting there and you're like, am I really supposed to believe that this very beautiful woman, Jennifer Aniston, is into Adam Sandler? Like, you're telling me that? Like, you're telling me that right now. Is that really? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, Jennifer Aniston saw Adam Sandler and she was like, I cannot Got a go fan. On. I cannot go on my, with my life. I must. You in it. I must meet him. Like Fifty First Dates, at least feels more realistic. Like he's really pushing himself on her. Like oh, like he's really. I mean, he's not being like rude about it. He's like you know he wants to try he, to make an impression. Tries, and you. I, and I yeah. Think, I think Wedding Singer is a little bit more plausible because she's with someone who treats her like absolute fucking dog shit. So he's yes. like the nice guy, you know. Yeah. And that is good. I, li- I, d- I did like The Wedding Singer, but I also thought it was um, wonderful that his wife is, like, his, like, biggest fan, and she, like, hates everybody that, that, hates him. that hates him. And I was like, yeah, she's a fucking baddie. I love that about Mrs. Sandler. She's wonderful. That's yeah. how I am, too. If anybody doesn't like James, I'm like, fuck you. That's how you should be. That's that's actually talked about in here. Where like that's the, that's the new sign of like true love is if you hate yeah. all of your spouse's haters. Where you're like, oh, oh, you have something bad to say? I'll kill you. Like that. That is the yeah. Say that to me first. I'm the first line of defense. <laughs> like I'm like, you say that to me, and then I'll tell him about it, and mm-hmm. then yeah. we're gonna talk about it. But like first, you're gonna deal with me. That's what I got. Goes. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. That's what like, I, I noticed. That's the whole thing of like people bonding on mutual hate which is better than, like, mutual love, where you're like, mm, we both hate the same things. Yeah. Such a strong bond. It it turns into, like, where I become Christopher Walken, and I'm like, you're talking to my guy with the wrong tone. It's the wrong tone. <laughs> it's the wrong tone. It's all wrong, babe. Like, I'm just like, uh-uh, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But, um, I mean, there's, uh, they talk about Jennifer Lopez, and this, this irritated me because Jennifer Lopez is like, I just wanted to be in a rom-com, a romantic comedy, and so that people could see that, like, you know, all the all the other girls are, like, blonde and white and blah, 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 and I wanted everybody to see that they could be just, like, you know, just, like, a, an everyday girl, like a working girl, just like me. And I'm like, a working girl with that nice of skin? Really? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, look at you, ma'am. Like, no, you're... She, Jennifer Lopez is gorgeous, okay? She is gorgeous. She's the reason why everybody thought that you needed to have big thighs, like, she was always so muscular and toned, and, like, she was just fucking, like, she's she's beautiful. Like, she's, like, sculpted. And you're going to tell me that you're an everyday working girl? Like, I'm like, no. No. No, an everyday working girl does not look like you. You still look like you make a lot of money. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still Jenny from the block. I'm like, listen, there's a reason why you made it out from the block, and it's because you're super beautiful. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, you might not be like us. No, you're not. You're not an everyday working girl like us. But, um, I mean, so they kind of talk about all that stuff. They talk about, um, I guess, the movie While You Were Sleeping. Did you catch this part where it was supposed to be from the other perspective? Yes, we're they, we be, went to Meg Ryan, and Meg, and, their, Meg Ryan's camp went back and was like, you you want our lead actress to be unconscious for 90% of the movie? 
And not only that, but they were like, isn't that creepy? And I'm like, it's creepy that Sandra Bullock is doing it, too. It is creepy. I, I wrote, so my notes on this was like the while you were sleeping, keep right after speed. It was turned down by Meg Ryan, Nicole Kidman, Julia Roberts, and Demi Moore. And I wrote, is this a good storyline? No. No, it is not. And I love it anyway. I do. Yeah. I love that movie. I don't care. And they talk about um, Bill Pullman after and like the other guys and Bill Pullman. And like, I if you watch this... If you watch it as an adult, it's a different experience because, like, the storyline is still trash. But Bill Pullman's yeah. in it. And um, Bill Pullman, to me, is like Charlie Swan in Twilight. Like, when you God, watch he's that, beautiful. When you watch it as a kid, you, you didn't look at Charlie. And now you look at him and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, go back and watch Casper. Devin yep. Sawa sparked a whole bunch of sexual awakenings. I'm a full-grown adult now. I go back, back and watch Casper now. I'm just like, oh, Bill Pullman. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Bill Pullman. How Hi, are Bill. you? Billy, I love you. Hey. Okay, speaking of, um, okay, so speaking of hunks, yeah, not that I think he's hunky, I think he always looks dirty. Matthew McConaughey. Um, so they talk about Matthew McConaughey. So I have an interesting story about Matthew McConaughey. I learned this. I had never seen. Um, what's that one movie? Is it What Hot American Summer or what is it? Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. I had never seen this movie before. Still? And I have taken, I watched it recently. I've taken a pledge that I'm going to watch movies that like either I was adverse to watching or I've never watched because I'm like, you know what? Like, who cares? This is, this is all going to hell in a handbasket. Like, I'm going to, I guess I'll suffer through like 90 minutes of a shit movie. I don't care. So Matthew McConaughey was actually not supposed to be in that movie. He was cast in that movie because he was like a fill-in person. And he was actually not supposed to have that big of a role in the movie. He was just supposed to be like a, an extra. An extra? But they just thought he was such a cool guy because he was so chill. He was just like, all right. Like, they just fucking loved him. <laughs> so that's why they gave him more stuff. It's kind of like in Deep Blue Sea, like LL Cool J, where he wasn't supposed to be in the movie that much. But since all the audiences liked him and all the test screenings, like, they just, were like, let's just give him more. Let's like, just he's make great. him more scenes. We'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what that's why we are stuck with Matthew McConaughey is because he was just such a cool guy on set. Like, they just loved working with him. Uh, but what I loved is that they said that Scott says that Matthew McConaughey um, looks like a man who is uh, a smiling party guest. And I was like, that is exactly what he looks like he in every movie. He does look like a smiling party guest. He's just a guest at a party that's just smiling, and you're like, look at you. Wow, you're yeah. here. Hey, Matt, how's it going? <laughs> um, and then I also wrote down, oh, yeah. So in when in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, um, they were talking about that movie and how he's supposed to be like a New York ad exec and like, you know, whatever. Also, mad props to Kate Hudson in that movie, too, um, during casting that because they were like, oh, we're going to put this person in there. And she's like, no, that's OK. And they were like, oh. Um, are you sure? And they're like, because then otherwise like, we'll just like, you know, not do a movie with you. She's like, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm good. Um, and then they got. I'll be okay. So they got Matthew McConaughey in it, which of course, I guess he was more expensive, which again, I don't think he's a great actor. Um, he's not. I mean, they, he's good in some funny roles. Like, I mean, Failure to Launch, he was pretty funny in that movie. I do think they have really good chemistry together. Oh, they have great chemistry together. Um, but. Uh, so he was supposed to be like some snappy New York ad executive and they're like well how are we going to explain why he has a Texas accent and I'm like why is Arnold Schwarzenegger living in Minneapolis and nobody talks about where he's from (laughs) in Jingle All the Way why why so Arnold Schwarzenegger is just like 
he I'll get you the doll. From Texas. No, they had to put some whole fucking backstory in in that movie. They're like how his dad was in the Navy yeah. and he moved around a lot. Like, and it's like, what? why couldn't I just, just have him be in there and then I'll think that he outgrew the slow Texas scene and he's an, an ad executive. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I moved I'll here think from that, Dallas. Well, because remember, Chrissy, people used to graduate high school and they're like, fuck this. I'm getting out of my town. I'm going to go to a big city and like whatever. Now you can just fire up TikTok and you can be a big deal in your small town. You live and in you New can York. Fucking, You're not from you New can York. Go, no, 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 no. I'm from Chicago. Well, I'm from a suburb of Chicago. But like, you know, like you you move places. You go to like, I can't get I can't, I got to get out of this fucking town. Yeah, people but move. now everything. Yeah, people move. So I can I can understand that Matthew McConaughey did not want to live in Texas anymore. And so he moved to New York and he became an ad executive like Thomas Patrick Lennon is in that same company. I don't know any backstory about why he got there. Again, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, so he's from Austria and he moved to Minneapolis and now he's married to Rita Wilson. There you go. We're all like, fine you know with what it. I mean? Like, I don't need to know. And then, same thing with um, in that mystery show that I can't remember what it's called with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. Um, Nicole Kidman was like pretending to have a New York accent. And I was like, Hugh Grant is being British right now. He's not even trying to not have one. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, just just be Australian. We don't care. We'll subscribe to that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's um, Nicole Kidman, um, the undoing, by the way. Uh, That's I, what I it is, the, the undoing. undoing. There um, we go. Thank Nic- you for finally Googling it. I love Nicole Kidman. Like, you know, Godspeed to her being trapped in that AMC theater for as long as she's been there um, or whatever. But we come there. I love I love that <laughs> AMC commercial so much. Somebody, I saw, I saw a video. Somebody Did you see the backpack? The backpack. Somebody made a backpack where it's like the suit of that. It's, <laughs> I I'll have to send it to you. I didn't see that, I, but I saw somebody um, remixed it as a club mix um, <gasps> and played it in like a DJ set that I was like, that's fucking incredible. Um, it It's perfect. But yeah, Nicole Kidman's, that's gorgeous. Nicole Kidman's American accents, like they're, they're not American. None of us care. None of us care no. at all. We're like, I don't know what well, accent she's are, doing, but I'm fine You guys with are it. playing. You're playing an affluent person in New York. Hugh Grant is British. I can imagine that you moved from Australia to Air- to New York. I can I can imagine that. That's happened. I can imagine anyone moving anywhere from anywhere. It's fine. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I don't need to know unless their backstory is like something about like their personality. I don't need to know if it's about like how they talk. No, it's fine. We don't I don't care. care. Just speak. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Um unless you're like I can't even think of it unless. So I didn't understand why we needed to like make Matthew McConaughey. Like, how are we gonna? How are we gonna explain that he has a Southern accent? I don't fucking know, and I don't care. Nobody's watching this movie because Matthew McConaughey is such a fucking great actor. They're watching it because he's hot. Kate Hudson's hot, and it's a great date night movie. You know what I mean? Like That's nobody's it. watching this for. That's it. We're not watching this because of the intellect of Matthew McConaughey, the guy that says "All right, all right," and he said that you know the girlies stay the same age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's fucking no. thinking about that at all. Nobody, not one single person. We're just like, oh, he's smiling like he's a guest at a party, and we love him. That's we it. Do. He's charming. He's very charming, That's it. and he is very charming. I imagine if you talked to him, you would think that he was wonderful. Yeah, I, yeah. He's a charming guy. I do love that they yeah. also said all the that all the jewelry in that movie was um, 100% real, and that the actresses like weren't who were, everyone that was wearing the jewelry wasn't even allowed to like go to the bathroom. Um, oh yeah, checking it in and out, and it was a massive pain in the ass. Yeah, 
But that always makes me mad because then I start thinking about that advertising invented the engagement ring in the whole wedding industry. So then we'll go on a whole tirade about that if whenever, whenever everybody feels like it. Maybe what we'll do is we'll do like a bonus thing where like we'll I'll let you go on a diatribe about something that's driving you nuts and then we, we can have that. It'll yeah, be my our, stuff our is ranting. so fucking petty though. So if you'd like me to have so a, a whole like petty rants, sure. I can do those all day for you. Yeah, it's all petty. None of it makes sense. I only sweat the small stuff. I never sweat the big stuff. It's amazing. Like, if there's a big thing that's happening, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I am super chill about huge things happening. However, if you are driving in front of me and you leave your turn signal on, I would rather crash my car than stay yep. behind you. I will do my- anything by all means to get around you. I can't be behind you. Minor irrelevant inconveniences, I, I'm done. Yeah, no, no. no. I'm done. That's okay. Yeah, we're going to have grandma come pick me up. Um, Okay, so (laughs) we have all of the, that's pretty much all of the movies. There's really nothing like groundbreaking. I mean, again, this movie, this book is 10 hours and 23 minutes. Um, I I would recommend that you listen to it. I think it's good background. Um, If you're just kind of like, you know, doing tedious tasks, laundry, cleaning dishes you know what I mean like something like that it's really interesting because you'll just go like huh okay oh, like that's an interesting thought Sarah or, you do need what? to say a few words about um, someone very special just who? a few um her her um her essay is is referred to as the apologist and if there is an apologist for this woman it is you and I and if she has no fans it's because we are dead um and that <gasps> is Katherine Heigl Oh yeah, yeah. So I love her and I hate her. She drives nod. me nuts, but I love her because <laughs> she should be in a movie. Like I'll watch everything that she's in. I'm just like, oh God, Catherine. I'm like, there you are again. But I do love her. I do. I love her and I hate her. Yeah. Because I don't understand. But I do feel bad for her. So go ahead, Chrissy. That's all. That, that's the only thing that I will say about her is that I just I love her and I hate her. No, I feel the same way. I feel the same yeah. way. And I think I think she got reading this and learning, like you know, reading about. Um, you know, King Baby number two, Judd Apatow. Oh yeah. Uh, um, King Baby Junior. King Baby Junior. That made her out to be like some unprofessional psycho that nobody would want to work with because she made a comment that said that she she thought that the women in the movie were um, you know kind of highlighted in a way that wasn't super flattering, and they're like, "Wow, what a fucking bitch!" I'm like, "No, no, she wasn't like trashing." Yeah. You. No, she wasn't saying. because like oh my god because that's the thing is it's like okay we're not even saying like how come you're making the women out to be portrayed like this but like the men are unfairly being portrayed like this we're just saying like how come you're doing that like that feels weird that doesn't feel right so that doesn't make me a bitch I don't care if you get to be portrayed like whatever I just want to be portrayed like whatever leave me alone yeah yeah that's it um I love Katherine Heigl I also hate her she drives me nuts (laughs) I I don't know. I just don't know what it is. Like, but like every movie that she's in, I don't know if it's just like because it doesn't feel like that's what her personality is. So like that must. I don't know what it is. Like whenever she's playing a character, like I'm like, just be yourself, cat. You're 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 doing good. Um, I do know that she has like her own clothing line, which is like threadless, and I'm just like, ma'am, what? No. Yeah, she like makes like she makes like shirts now. Oh. And I'm like, no, Catherine, no. Um. So this book was, I thought it was really good. I would recommend that anybody reads it um, just because it does take up a lot of time. Um, it is something so comforting 
that you can just kind of listen to yeah. in and out of, and then you can go back to doing your other stuff, and then you can be like, I'm going to pick back up with that book. I thought I thought it was really interesting. Um, one thing that I am very upset about, Chrissy, and I'm yes. sure you will yes. corroborate this, yes. I am very upset, very, very, very upset, that they did not mention my favorite movie, uh-huh. America's Sweethearts. That movie is a masterpiece, and it's only it mentioned is. as a throwaway in the chapter about John Cusack as a movie that he was in. No, it should have been... It should have been its own thing. Three quarters of the book. It's a work I think. of art. If you haven't seen it's it, it's beautiful. It has it, it has Julia Roberts, Catherine Zeta Jones, Billy Crystal, um, Christopher Walken is in it. Stanley Tucci, um, Hank, Hank Azaria. Azaria. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. The, mo- the movie is fucking incredible. That, Seth like, Green, the Billy Crystal. Oh my god! It's no this. It's a it's a spoof it's like a parody of a rom com. It, it's a spoof of a rom com, and they and they're they're it's like so meta too because they're making a rom com in the movie, it's, and it's perfect. It the whole the whole thing is hilarious, and it is very it's very much kind of like a um a, a mocking of like behind the scenes of these movies. Yeah, what happens and because the um, actors have such a good time making fun of. The diva actors that like, you know, the, the, the Catherine Zeta-Jones is so perfect in this. She's amazing. Um, but she like those leather pants are everything. Like I wanted to wear those. I was like, oh, if I could look like Catherine Zeta-Jones in those pants, I would. She's you know so, what I mean? Like I would. She's so fucking great. She's so awesome in that movie. Every all of them are. Kiki, Kiki, Kiki Kins. <laughs> I smell smoke. Is somebody smoking? Find them, Kiki. Find them. Is somebody smoking? She's and when so she's like eating all the when she's when Julie Roberts is eating all the pancakes and she's like you should be smoking and it's like coming out of her mouth oh god she's so funny it's, in the, that the part. whole thing when she's like when she leans over the counter that I think when they're um, like Kiki what was the name of that when her and John Cusack are talking because she's like I don't give a shit when she like leans <laughs> here are your eggs <laughs> <laughs> it's I just love how she the line delivery of that where she goes and you here are your eggs and she's like just <laughs> shoveling them in this fucking. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking funny. The whole the whole movie is hilarious. I also I have to spe- special mentions for these the the definition of of um, rom com according to this is that a movie stands alone. Um, the movie is is comedic, but it is based on the on the the romance. If you take out the romance, there's no plot. So yes, exactly. These are kind of variations of that, but there's um, two movies that we love and one movie that we love to hate. Um, the two movies that we love are our Pride and Joy, our baby, um, Be Frage, uh, Blast <gasps> from the Past, and Bedazzled. Um, yes, two iconic movies that I would I would at least call rom com adjacent that I would put in the in the category he, here. They didn't even give Be Frage a nod. No, not a nothing. Nothing. Not even nary a mention. Fuck you, Scott. I I defy you to write a second thing and talk about America Sweethearts and Brendan Fraser. That's, That's it. That's the whole book. I I will read ten hours about those two. I will help him. I will help him write this book, oh, Scott. And, if you're busy, I'm not. I'm I'm busy, but like I will make time for you. And then doing um do either like you know an an epilogue or a prologue on the movie we love to hate, um which is you, you just need to watch it. It's a staple. Uh, Danny DeVito's and Arnold Schwarzenegger's Jr. Um. <gasps> yes! <laughs> and twins! Those are the best God. movies ever. I watched them. It's so funny that you mentioned Jr. That's all I was telling everybody today. 
um, I, I told everybody, I was like, I'll go watch Junior, because if you've never seen Junior, like, I'm just like, you have to watch it. You, you have to watch, watch Junior. You gotta watch it. You just spend some time with it. It is it is worth it. It's a real treat. Well, be, because I'm getting weird now. So I'll like, if I'm starting to think about Junior, as, you know, or whatever, and I'm like at the cashier, at the grocery store or whatever, I'll ask the, I'll just, I'll ask the cashier, be like, you ever seen Junior? <laughs> <laughs> How's your day? Have just, you seen Junior? It and is I'll ask them whatever. I'll be like, I'll, I'll just ask them anything. I'll be like, have you seen? Have you ever heard that song? That's a good song. And they're like, okay. okay, like because I'm just, I'm just dying to have like a normal conversation with somebody. I don't want anybody to talk about like, oh, the grocery prices are high. It's like it's so boring. Have you seen Junior? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all going into poverty. Have you seen this movie about pregnant? Yeah, 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 yeah. These apples are really expensive. Things but are- how much do you think? <laughs> My life isn't going great either. Do you want to know about this cinematic masterpiece? Well, I would love to have been in the room when they pitched the idea for the movie Junior. And then everybody's just like, <laughs> okay. I would, and like- I, would, I would love to know how they got Arnold Schwarzenegger to agree to this. Like, it is... Oh, it simple. Is it's just a beautiful premise. What wild. do you mean? No, it's the, of course anybody would do this. Of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to do this movie. It's wonderful. Every movie that he did that wasn't Terminator or Conan or fucking like um, Total Recall is an absolute cinematic masterpiece. Well, the He's just cop. A, oh god, top notch. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Who is your daddy and what does he do? It's I, that's like it's, my that's yeah yeah of course. But when he's in like Jingle All the Way, iconic. Um, they tried. They did a good job of explaining like why he has a weird accent in the movie Twins. Thought that was interesting, just because he's supposed to be like this perfect specimen. Like they that they had these two kids, and one of them was supposed to be perfect. Where you took all the perfect genes from every person, and then you you know did this and, and like whatever. And then the other one's Danny DeVito. <laughs> and I think he's perfect in his own way. And I, I was just really upset that they did that to poor Danny. I was like, no, you leave him alone. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I I love I just love Junior and Twins, and I'm so upset that they did not mention those at all. And I'm I don't even know if I was thinking about it. I think I was just so offended that they didn't talk about America's Sweethearts. And I'm upset that nobody talks about that movie. I I feel like we might be the only two that have seen it. Um, no, my roommate my roommate um, from a long time ago used to love that movie, and so I would randomly like be in my room and I'd be like Kiki. <laughs> it's, it is such a funny movie. And yeah, it's. I think it's worth a watch. Um, it it's. I'm gonna watch it as soon as. I'm gonna watch it as soon as we're done here because I've spent so much time being offended that they didn't talk about it that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go watch it then. I'm gonna control my own destiny. Do you want to be offended again? Because I um, pulled this article. I was looking for stuff, and there was an article from. And I've I've not um, read any of their other articles, but it's called Paste Magazine. So Paste Magazine did an article on the one. 100- Wait, like P A S T E? Yeah. Okay. Um, paste is it's that's just the the source. An yeah, article yeah, yeah. on the hundred the one hundred best romantic comedies of all time. So I'm looking through this list, and um, Sleepless in Seattle hits at number fifty. Okay. Okay. So that sounds okay. normal. But I'm looking. Yeah, tracks. I'm like, oh, okay. Number sixty one. Are you ready? Oh God. Beauty and the Beast. Like actual what? 1991's Beauty and the Beast. And I saw this and I was like, that's not a fucking rom com. What what is this list? And then That is not a comedy at all. And then Q number 43, okay? So this <gasps> beat Sleepless in Seattle. Are you prepared? Because no. it was Wally. 
Wally. <gasps> That is on their list at number 43 in rom-coms. And I was like, uh, 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 I, I just, I don't know what to say. But I do think that we should get maybe like in the works to get like a, a Wally meets the original plot of Pretty Woman um, collab Ooh. going. Yes, I think we need to do Lawton's three thousand. I, I think that I think that the the nineties sex worker robot needs to have a drug problem. I don't know what the drug will be because obviously I don't think that the maybe it can be like an AI type. Oh, perfect thing instead because yeah. we have these you know whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is what we need to be working on. We need to work on bringing Lawton's three thousand to, to fruition. Life. That movie, when they were explaining it, I was like, this movie sounds fucking awesome. Oh, it's I want to watch this. Because every time I watch Pretty Woman, I always fast forward through the Jason Alexander scene because I want to beat that motherfucker up oh, during that scene. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, you're going to fucking, there's going to be two hits, my fist on your face and then you hitting the floor. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, no. But I'm going to watch um, America's Sweethearts tonight and then idea. I'm going to watch um, Waiting to Exhale because I've been dying to see that movie since uh, I listened to this book. I was like, oh, how come I've never watched this? It sounds awesome. And I will probably rewatch um, While You Were Sleeping and Pride and Prejudice again uh, for the 9,000th time. <laughs> Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Mr. Darcy. That's such a funny, that's such a funny movie. Jane Austen is, ugh, she's underrated, I think. I, I think Jane that Austen. she's, she's not underrated and she's not overrated, but people aren't appreciating what she's actually doing. She's hilarious. Like, she's I, talking about how bleak this is out here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Love Jane Austen. Love Jane. Shout out to Jane. Shout out to Kim. Meh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kim. Meh. Meh. Um, Shout out to all you bitches out there in the Book Book Club universe. Um, Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Our next book that we're going to be reading is... Uh, I'm with the band by Pamela Debar or Desbars. I'm not sure. Um, I do know that there is a forward by Dave Navarro that I will be healthily skipping through. <laughs> um, I cannot stand that man. Uh, put the guy liner down. And um, yeah, I just uh, I will be reading that book next. I think it's a little bit of a longer one. So we'll see in a couple weeks on that one. And then um, somebody asked us if we'll revisit the Goosebumps series again soon. Um, I said obviously, but just wanted to let you guys know we'll be revisiting all the fandoms. So yes, we will. Yeah, we will head back to the '90s as soon as possible. Well, yeah, because we're in 1996. We are. Full happy nineteen. Happy 1996, everybody. This yeah. is going to be our year. Happy 1996. <laughs> we did it. Uh. Cheerfully yours. Cheerfully yours. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, I reach out to us on social media if you feel like it. Um, let us know that it's as described, five stars as described, or you can put, you know, you can even put. This would be awesome, and I would love it. Five stars, meh. <laughs> I don't even care. Be amazing. It's fine. Just go meh. Do it. I don't care. Yeah, do it. So we appreciate you guys, um, and we hope that you have enjoyed this um, gathering today. And I always want to sign off with go fuck yourself, but I don't really, like, that's just because that's a term of endearment for Chrissy and I, so I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. Will you tell me? Okay, you go fuck yourself, Chrissy. Sounds good. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, bye. bye.